Anyone who's ever learned a skill or a trade knows the value of having a patron, someone who looks over you, someone who watches over you, teaches you the ins and the outs, helps you take your natural talent and hone it into something powerful, something really, really good. We see this in you know, our professional career when we're starting off. It's good to have those who are ahead of us in our career to teach us the ins and the outs of the business. We see the power of this if anyone's ever gone through or walked with someone who's gone through addiction. The importance of having a sponsor, someone to walk alongside you as you heal, as you recover. Heck, even here at St. Paul's, especially in our student ministry, our primary goal is to invest personally in people, to help lead them individually from where they are to taking that next step. We also see this in our family life. Mother and father investing in each other as husband and wife, pouring that love into their children. But all of these good relationships take their greatest form when there's a little bit more of trust and distance. Initially, you may have someone watching over every one of your moves, but as you become more skilled, the trust between the two of you grows. And you're empowered to work individually, to hone your gifts, to maybe move in a different direction. But there's something so wonderfully powerful there in always knowing that there's someone to whom you can turn, even if they aren't watching over your shoulder. We also know the flip side of this, the negative side of this, the toxic and codependent relationships. Living here in Bloomington on campus for seven years, I've heard horror stories of graduate students who can't finish their dissertation because their professor, who's ever leading it, is kind of holding them back and they think it's because they're losing their research assistant more than anything. Or when you get so caught up in a relationship with someone or someone who's supervising you on a personal level that you can't separate, you can't work independently, or maybe you're being micromanaged or something along those lines. We see how those relationships, those those patronal relationships can also turn sour because there's no development of trust. There's no gift or understanding of what each personally brings. And it becomes not something that is life-giving, but something that saps your energy. And our blessed Lord, who created the human heart, who became a human being, shows us in the ascension what He desires for each and every one of us. He desires to be intimately involved in our life, but to also empower us and to entrust to us the mission of salvation and bringing forth the kingdom of God. Think about that for a moment, brothers and sisters. Our God loves us so much that he desires for each and every one of us to be intimately involved in the fulfillment of his plan, of the building up of the kingdom of God here on earth. Each one of us is necessary because God chooses us to be so. Because God empowers us, because God calls us to be so. To live in the church to follow Jesus with all of our hearts, but to also live in the life of the Spirit where we are using our unique gifts to give glory to God and to bring His message, as we heard in the Gospel, to all the nations, to the ends of the earth, each one in our unique way. I can't bring the Gospel into your workplace, but you can. 
I can't go out and bring the gospel to everyone on campus. But the more students we encounter, we form, we entrust with that mission, we can reach more and more. Jesus is showing us that perfect relationship of master and servant, of master and apprentice. At a certain point, he desires to launch each and every one of us into mission. But we have to ask ourselves, we have to do a, well, the work of an examination of conscience. This is a good opportunity to meditate upon. Do we see our relationship with God as one where we are being empowered or where we are abdicating responsibilities? And there's a subtle, but there's a very big difference. Think of it this way. I'll use my parents as an example because they're not here and I can say whatever I want. But, and, and this may be true in your relationship too, my mother, if there's an emotional need that one of the children have, we go to mom. Why? Because she's a much more emotionally available than dad, right? But if we have something that needs to be practically filled, if we, need, if we have a problem that we're working ourselves through where there's all these various factors, we really need an analytical look, we go to dad. Now, here's the thing. They make each other better in those decisions because they don't abdicate those things. If I do go to my father with an emotional need, he doesn't say, no, that's your mom's job. And when I go to my mom with practical needs, she doesn't say, no, that's your dad's job. When we work together, and when you do this, especially those of you who are married, when you do this in marriage and you empower each other, when you use your strength to help the other person become stronger in their weakness and vice versa, when you receive from another that formation, that empowerment, you become better and stronger. Not because you lose things, but because you take things on and you freely give those things away. But so often in our life, we're willing to just abdicate those things. I know, just having walked with my dad all these, oh, every day of my life, he's my father after all, that I know that those emotional things don't come as easily to him. But by growing closer to my mother, by growing closer to the Lord, by striving to be a better father, they come more easily because he works at that, because my mom empowers him, because the Holy Spirit empowers him. And so to my mom in the various ways that she's grown to love and to serve her children and her family because of the gifts and the empowerment she receives from my dad. But we can so easily abdicate things in our walk with the Lord. We can say, well, the priests or the religious, they're the ones who are supposed to be holy. I'm just, I just show up, I put in my time on Sunday, and that's it. God will do the rest. Or we just give it to God altogether and just say, whatever you want, Lord, I'll do it. We don't actively engage. We don't involve and invest everything we have in that relationship with the Lord. But this Ascension feast day, this, this great solemnity of the Ascension, is a reminder to us that Jesus desires to empower us to be co-ministers, to be co-responsible missionaries in the vineyard of the Lord. Each and every one of us, using the gifts that we have, the talents that we have to serve, but also receiving from other people and learning from them. In our community here of Dominican Friars, the beautiful thing and the reason why we live in community as Dominicans is that we find ourselves by losing ourselves. We recognize that there are gifts and talents that I have that the others don't have, that they have that I don't have. And in striving to imitate each other and in challenging and encouraging each other, hopefully we all take on a greater responsibility, a greater strength, and in the aggregate we're even more powerful. 
we're even more able to do the will of God. This is what the ascension is about, is that Jesus is entrusting us. He's empowering us. He's calling us. And so our our homework, if you will, for this week as we prepare for the great solemnity of Pentecost next week is to really look at my life, especially my spiritual life, and to say, have I given up on those things? Have I let go of certain things? Have I rejected certain things? To take those up again, to bring them to Jesus, and to let him empower you, embolden you, and strengthen you. Because he chooses you. You are necessary. And the kingdom of God needs you. Each and every one of us, empowered by the Spirit, fulfilling the will of the Father, setting the world on fire with his love.